Good evening and welcome to Italian Impact Weekly. I am your co-host Steve Mancini and usually I'm joined by Claudio Rilsono who is running late. But Claudio is going to be joining us in a little bit. But in the meantime, I want to thank you once again for joining us this week. And as always, if you missed any of our past episodes, you can go out to our website at italianimpactweekly.com. Again, that's italianimpactweekly.com. And unless I am mistaken, we are still the only radio show here in Pittsburgh that is dedicated to the Italian-American community. And our podcast, we are grateful and proud to announce, is actually being downloaded all over the world. So we've had some wonderful guests on the show, and we're hopefully going to continue to have wonderful guests on the show And with that being said, without further ado, I am going to jump right into tonight's guest because I have actually been looking forward to this one for a few weeks. And I am joined by the very special Michael Cavalieri. Michael, how are you? Ah, Steve. Ciao, ciao, Steve. Buongiornata. How are you, my friend? Ah, sto bene, sto bene. I am actually great to have you on the show. Me and you, we talked a couple of weeks ago and we kind of planned this out. And then you sent me a bunch of information. I was reading on it and I I watched the preview for your upcoming documentary, so I'm really looking forward to learning a lot more about you. But I think what's going to be good is that folks will get to learn about you and the documentaries that you've produced. And we're going to get into that. But, uh, but it's, I'm going to jump ahead. But one of the things you and I talked about is eliminating the stereotypes of Italians and Italian-Americans. And you've been doing a great job with that. And we're going to talk more about that. But before we do, Michael, as always... I want folks to get to know you. So let's start with where are you from? And the most important question is, where's your family from? And you know what I mean by that, so don't tell me. I know, I know. <laughs> First of all, I want to say it's an honor and privilege to, uh, to be on the show with you. I, I just appreciate what you're doing for our culture. And, and it's beautiful to see people like you promoting our culture. So without you... We wouldn't have a place or forum to talk with people, so thank you so much. I'm very, very grateful. Oh, you're welcome. And listen, anybody that starts off like that, this is already a good interview. This just moved up to number yeah. one. <laughs> Please, <laughs> tell me more about me, Michael. No, I'm just well, kidding. <laughs> no, no. So, so, so basically, you know, my story's quick, but I grew up in New York, New York City, the Bronx, and uh, moved to Queens when I was about 12 years old. My family originates from Sicily, Lehman of Sicily. The land of my grandfather, Agatino Alabrandi, my hero. Very fortunate, fortunate man. I was raised very well. My mom, Mary, three kids, was a wonderful mom. Unfortunately, she died at a very, very young age, which I think has kind of uh, pushed me into doing stuff about our culture, which really, really uh, inspires my life as an artist, uh, as a man. I lost both my parents very young and my sister as well. So I think this is what informs me about who I am as a human being and how to try to live my life and how do I try to deal with others. And, you know, now I have a baby boy. I just had a baby boy one month ago, Mateo. Oh, so congratulations. Congratulations. I'm trying to thank you. I'm trying, I'm trying very, very, very hard to give him the great attributes that my mother gave to me. So, so I grew up in New York. I, I, you know, I, I was a great athlete, played three sports, got a scholarship to college, found myself uh, injured quite a bit. Just step away from making a pros, but I tore my hamstring. What sport? And that uh, football. Wow. And uh, yeah, and I, uh, you know, my dreams were shattered. But started to work on Wall Street. Discovered by this guy in a train. One day he said, "Listen, you got a, you got a great look." He gives me his card, and I looked at him. I thought he was crazy. And uh, he left the train. I looked at the card, and about three weeks later, I pulled the card out and I called him. He goes, "Come in." I went to his office. 
It was, a, it was an agency called J. Michael Bloom. He was the head agent there. Uh, he passed away since. His name was Chip Labley. Very, very wonderful man. Brought me into the uh, brought me in, and I read for him. You know, he slides a piece of paper across the across the table. He goes, "Read this." I read it, and I said, "What's this?" He goes, "It's a scene from a soap opera." Read it again. I read. It. He goes, "You're pretty good. You're natural." And that's how it all started for me. So, after that, he moved to California, and uh, I followed suit, and I became an actor and got my first big film role in the next Karate Kid, which a lot of people know me for. And uh, that was that story. But honestly, after the death of my parents, uh, my sister, I was, I was really lost and, and trying to find myself. And I said, I got to go back to where it all started for me, for my family, to my grandfather's home. And I didn't know what I would find there, Steve. I didn't know what was there. I didn't know what, what to expect. But uh, lo and behold, it was a secret I never knew about. And I found my grandfather's house relatives that I didn't know I, uh, that I didn't know that I had. And, and uh, I'm sure a lot of people feel this way or had this experience. And then um, I was inspired to write a movie and I went on to win several awards, the Russo grant, the NIAF grant, and, and, and been inspired ever since to talk about my culture. I think it really, really helped me when I walked in with my grandfather and Lehman assisted me, it changed my life forever. Well, let me ask yeah. you a question. Were, were they instilling in you specifically Italian culture or was it just something that after they were gone, you're like, ah, I want to know them more. And they just happened to be Italian. Well, no, I think they instilled it because my grandfather, I was young. My grandfather used to walk down the street when he first moved from Italy, they went to Harlem. And then when I was born, he moved from Harlem to down the street from us in Queens. And he used to come every morning and knock on the back door and my parents were sleeping. I'd be waiting for him and I opened the door and we'd go out to the garden. He didn't speak a lick of English, my grandfather Agatino, but I knew every word he was saying to me by a touch, by putting his hat on my head. And we would make, you know, garden the tomatoes, the cucumbers, the basil. And he instilled in me the love of culture, the love of our roots, the love of the land. But that's who he was. And uh, in my house, it was the same. Now, unfortunately, in a lot of, in a lot of Italian-American homes, the American or the Italian-American starts to seep through. And sure enough, as years went by and people died off, that was starting to happen. So when my parents passed on, I just felt the need to go back to what it was that I was as a kid that I loved so much. And that re-energized what was given to me as a, as a six-year-old boy from my grandfather. And I am bound and determined to never stop that again. I, you know, as you know, we've talked about it. I, I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> terribly against stereotypes. As a matter of fact, in 1994, I went to Unico in Washington with one of my first films, The Street Sweeper, to fight against stereotypes in, 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 in the industry, in the cinema. And, and uh, it's terrible. It's terrible what, what represents us because we're so much better than that. We're so many, we have so many great artists and poets and painters. And it's a sad thing when Hollywood represents us in one, one way, stereotype each time. So for me, as an artist, as a, as a writer, um, I write from, from the culture, the true stories of the culture. And I gave up Hollywood about 12 years ago, and all I've been doing since then is writing. So that's where it is for me. This is what we need to do and what you're doing. And people like you who bring people like me on the show to talk about our, our beginnings and what we are and who we are. Because, unfortunately, people tell the stories of today. Why don't we tell the stories of the struggles of the people that came before us? People think we just landed here like we landed on Mars. Those people fought and struggled and came from another land, didn't speak a language, fought to be here. My grandfather took a donkey down from 
a thousand meters up in Lima to Sicily to, uh, to down to the bottom of the hill and it took a cart across to the Messina Straits and took a boat four or five weeks to, to America, to New York. Why do we not talk about their struggles and what they, what they had to do? So my films represent those sentiments, those feelings, and to appreciate and to pay homage to all those people. Well, you know, the irony is there, there's a lot of, quote, Italian-American directors and producers out there, big names. Again, you, your film got money from the Russo brothers. You know, it, it's very frustrating when these people do not step up and say, you know what, let's make some different films about Italians and Italian-Americans. Yeah. Because sure. otherwise, you know, you watch, even when you watch a lot of these, you know, these, these I, I want to call these stupid, you know, comic book films. I don't, I don't even want to say the name. But, I mean, they're just sure. constantly blasting us with the same yep. crap. And when they do have a, a gangster on, I, I'll bet he's, you know, what he's kind of person he's going to be like. He's going to be, yo, you, you know, some, some total exactly. stereotypical, you know, nonsense. Yeah. But God, yeah. you know, yeah. God forbid you do that to another culture, you know, and the world yeah. is outraged. For some yeah. reason, though, there are certain groups that are allowed to be insulted. And whatever reason Italians well, are, and I think it's because we well, don't stand up as a group. Yeah, absolutely. I think we allow it happen we almost encourage we, it yeah we encourage it we we dumb down our culture so much it's, it's incredible when i go to sister and i go to italy they look at me like you know michael what are they doing there i said i don't know guys i apologize i'm sorry because there's so much more to offer you know i have five scripts about things that are so so important for our culture beautiful stories you can't if it's not about violence if it's not about a mafia they don't want the film you know i did first five films as an actor were all family films about the Italian-American culture, family films that were beautiful films. But because they weren't murdering or mafia or gangster, they didn't get the big sale. They didn't get the big, big uh, opening weekend. And see, this is the problem. It's our own fault. Let's support the Italian-American culture to support artists that are doing great work, that are doing things that are going to promote us in a different way. I've had conversations with people on other podcasts and disagreements about how they look at culture and I look at culture. We're not just one run region of Italian Americans. There's Italian Americans who came or, or, or Italians who came from all over the world, Sicilians all over the world, to different places, Ohio, you know, like you said, Ohio, Chicago, San Francisco. They're not just in the East Coast, guys. There's a lot of people all over the world that don't represent us that way. That's not who we are. Right. We're much bigger than that. And until we help each other and until we start competing against each other and fighting with each other, we're never going to get anywhere. That's the reality. Michael, this is Claudio. Forgive me for being a little bit late. I had a Claudio, yes, my, sir. My, how, <laughs> you, you, how dare you show up late? I, I'm on Lombardi time. They, what is that? 15 minutes early. Usually, I'm an hour early. So forgive me. I apologize. But as I walked in, it's a pleasure to meet you. Th my pleasure. My pleasure. You're very passionate, uh, which I appreciate. You're from New York, correct? I grew up in New York. Yes, okay. Sir. Well, then this is going to be right in your wheelhouse. I just came back from Chicago for the National Italian American Sports Hall of Fame. One of the guys they, uh, well, they they gave Tommy DeVito the Italian Rookie of the Year. They gave his agent, they uh, inducted him into the Hall of Fame. Number one, what an incredibly, incredibly nice, he's one of the nicest people that I've ever met, and that's Sean Stellato. But what has been bothering me like crazy the past couple weeks, and, I, and from being from New York, I'm sure you've heard everything like I have, 
his dress and they do the and nobody kisses each other just we do right and 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 the sig the hand sig just all the stereotypical things and it's degrading and and i didn't like the memes and just about every speech at the hall of fame mentioned that and you 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 can see it was they were a little upset but they said you know what we fought this is nothing compared to the other things we fought through and look right. at what, what our culture, our, our people have done for the world, you know, in, in mm-hmm. entertainment and in, in business mm-hmm. and politics and sports and entertainment, so on and so forth. What were your thoughts mm-hmm. on, if you did see it, if you're a sports fan, what were your thoughts on all of that, all those uh, comments made about Stellato and DeVito? Well, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say this first of all. I want to congratulate Tom because I think it's a wonderful thing that he's having success. Yes. I think it's a beautiful thing. I think it's beautiful, and he deserves it, the hard work. Now, for being a little bit uh, whatever, when you look at the way the guy dresses, the other guy, I have to say, you, rep- you are who you are. Walk around with this hat, this chains, this and that. Not every Italian does that, by the way. No. So I, I, I'm going to get, because I'm being the other side of this. So you are what you, re- you represent who you are in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a lot of respect that I think it's wonderful that he got an award. But the reality is what, what Steve and I were talking about earlier is that we, we, we do it to ourselves. We allow it to happen. We allow people to talk like this about us because we don't step up and say, hey, enough, enough, enough. Okay. When you make a movie and you make a movie, you make, there's only one Sopranos, there's only one Godfather. But see, the Italian-American culture lets people make or they go out and make films that are stereotypes of those movies. Mm-hmm. And, it, and then it becomes another stereotype and another stereotype. And another stereotype, and it continues, and it, and it, 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 what it does, it invades the, it invades the culture, and it can't, you can't get rid of it. So everywhere you look around, it's not, it's not about the Italian culture anymore. It's a stereotype of the culture. It's a caricature of who we really are. Do I agree with it? I think it's disgusting and, and degrading, and I can't stand. It. That's why I left Hollywood because that's all they write. That's all they want to do. They want to make fun. They want to mock. They want to, you know, stereotype, characterize a certain way. It's not acceptable. Do I, do I appreciate that they make fun of them? No, I think it's disgusting. But the reality is the reality. If we live in a certain way, the right way, then people won't mock us. You understand? Right. If, we make a film that, if we make a film that means something, people look to say, wow, this is special. Wow, this is how it really is. Then maybe it would open people's eyes. The reason why I did my films, Ritonato and La Porta dell'Inferno, Ritonato is a story not about anything about... A stereotype is about the heart and the soul mm-hmm. and, the, and discovery about who I am. An homage to the people I, that came and, and suffered to give me a, a chance at a better life. Sure. The problem with the Italian-Americans is that we think that, that's what I said to Steve before, we think that we arrived and we got comfortable and we're living a good life. But what happens is everything gets watered down. Culture from your grandfather, then it goes to the next generation. Goes to, and all of a sudden it's the ger- generation waters down, waters down, waters down, waters down. Everything's changed. Everything's changed. You know, there's a perspective change. And if we allow it and we allow films to be made about that and we don't stand up like you're saying, that's on us. Because it seems to me that every actor that I know plays an Italian-American role, plays it the same way. Right. Well, no, that's See, right. That's right. And, and you know, and, and it's, it's, it's really sad to me. It's like, guys, aren't we better than that? Can't we do something better than that? Well, the, Can't we show something else? And the irony, though, is it's Italian-Americans that are doing the roles. It's like exactly. you're kind of a clown at that point. Right. You're a clown. That's my point. That's what I'm trying no, to say. They're making their millions we, of dollars, so they don't care. 
okay, I got it. But I mean, yeah. at the same time, it's you, kind of, you know, and then, but the problem is then the community celebrates them. And, and I'll give you a perfect example because you brought up the Sopranos. Exactly. I've never yes. heard of the word gabagool. I've never heard that, gabagool. Well, the, another thing, too, I mean, if but I can yet interrupt. It's, it's so, but it's so prevalent another now. Thing, it's like, I never heard of that. Mike, the other thing, too, I've only heard one Italian guy do the forget about it thing. It, I never heard once on The Sopranos, never heard anybody, and I've been on the East Coast, I never heard anybody, oh, forget about it, forget I just heard one guy from Pittsburgh do it, but yet that gets hung on us. And but So we didn't ask sure. for that. We didn't ask for that. That was sure, thrown on us. Sure, of course. Exactly. So what I'm trying to, you know, here's what I, you know, I was having this conversation the other day with somebody, not to bore you guys, but it's like the generation that came, like the early uh, people that came, 1900, 1920, the immigrants that came, the Italian or Sicilian immigrants came to America, Right. And then their kids became the kids of the 50s, 60s, and 70s, basically. And they were kind of given a great shot to really, like the Pacinos, the De Niro's, and people like that in the, early, in the early 60s and 70s movies. But what they did was they did what they did for themselves, and they didn't pull anybody else along with them. So now as they made their career, they forgot about where they came from. They forgot that, they, you know, and they, we became immersed in society in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Now we're not the new culture anymore. Now there's other cultures coming in. And they're telling a story. The difference between then and now is that the, today people separate. They're allowed to tell their story over and over again the way they want to tell it. We as Italian-Americans didn't do that. We got caught up in the stereotype. We got infused with the Italian-American stuff, and we lost who we were. And because we had a hit movie or two hit movies, all of a sudden that became every movie became about that. And what happens is when the movies are the ones that are, are, are the propaganda, then the people in the world start to believe that stuff. Like you see Goodfellas, you see Godfather, you see, you know, all these films. Everybody thinks that the Italian-American culture is only like that. And that's the problem. Well, you can't undo that. You can't, it's very difficult to undo this. It's very difficult. And, and, and every actor wants to be that guy. Every actor wants to play. Like Viggo Mortensen, God bless him. You know, I knew the guy who wrote Green Book. He's a friend of mine. I did a movie for him. If Viggo Mortensen didn't play that part... That would have been the most stereotypical film you've ever seen. Because Vigo's not really Italian-American, it actually worked for the favor of the film. You don't understand what I'm saying? Right. Because I could see an Italian-American say, oh, I don't. it would have changed the whole complex of the film. No. So when you go out and you watch in Hollywood, all they make is these films, the, the, the people in the audience start to believe that's how people are. Oh, that's right. You tell a lie, tell it often enough, and people believe it. Again, for the folks just tuning in, we are joined with Michael Cavalieri. And Michael, uh, you know, very passionate about the Italian community, and so are we. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing this show. We're, we're talking about a lot of the, the influence of Hollywood. And let's be realistic. Hollywood influences America. You know, there's a big debate of, well, does music and, you know, in films influence people, or do people influence music and films? And obviously, it's a little of both. But the average person isn't thinking of making a movie like, we'll just use a, a, a good one, Goodfellas, which really right. stereotypes. Or the average person isn't like, oh, you know what? I think I'm thinking about Sopranos. Hollywood creates right. things like that. And then to your point, right. they begin to perpetrate into society. People there, And let's, right. I'll be honest, it's a good movie. It was a good series. Sure. The Godfellas, they're sure. good. But, but the problem is, is if that's the only thing you see and think of Italian-Americans, then you think that's the only thing Italian-Americans are. And that's where Hollywood, especially mm -hmm. as Italian-American actors, producers, directors, and writers, have a responsibility to say, look, that was just a film. It was a good film, but it was just a film. It was just a movie. Right. Here's some realities. Right. And now that's where someone like you comes in and says, you know what? Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. 
and you won a couple mm-hmm. of awards. And I want to, I'm, I'm going to pick on those organizations that even though they kind of gave you the grant a little bit, but those organizations, mm-hmm. in my opinion, are guilty because they mm-hmm. do not unite. They look at their own things. Look, and I'm not going to pick on any organization in particular, but I'll bet you can read between the lines on this one. There is a certain group, you know, and it's somebody's little ego trip. It's what I call the family business. You know, mm-hmm. I'm glad they're getting all their chances to handshake with all these important people. And you know who I'm talking mm-hmm. about. And that's great. Mm-hmm. But how does mm-hmm. that help the community? How does that help Claudio or myself? How does that help the average Italian? How does that tell the story? Okay, great. You went to a, you know, a, a tuxedo event. You shook hands with some very high-level people up in the government. Great. Now what? Mm-hmm. Right? Well, the, the problem is, yeah, the problem is, you know, thank God, you know, with the success of my films, I really got to understand the machinations of what goes on and, and with all these organizations. And I'm very grateful for the, the grant that I won. But I also realized that a lot of people are in it for, for uh, themselves or they're in it for an Instagram post or in it for, you know, like you said, a handshake. And really what's suffering is the people like the artists that need the help, the artists that need the money, the artists that need somebody to get behind them just to put the name to a project. Say, guys, come on, let me help you do this project. We're not getting any of that. You know, it's very rare. It's very, very limited in that respect. So other, other cultures are getting a lot, a lot of finance, a lot of help to put out their story, to put out what they're doing. We're not. We're not. Because we're satisfied with what Goodfellas, God, you know, Godfather, and all those things that were passed, people keep making. We're satisfied with that. You know, but when, when you want to tell a story that means something, it's extremely, extremely difficult. That's why when I went to Sistine, I realized, well, you know what? I'm just going to go make a movie with no money. Whenever, however I could shoot it. And you want to know something? You get more of that experience. You get more lessons. You teach more lessons by showing this film than you can being in one of those uh, stereotypical films. Well, that's I, the reality. Well, right. You, make, you make, make a million bucks, and that's nice. But at the end of the day, you know, it goes in your pocket, and, and, and you've done nothing for society. You're, you're going to create something that's going to live on, educate people, right. inform people. It's going to entertain people, and they're going to learn something, and now they're going to have a greater appreciation. You're going to grow someone versus just yeah. a brief moment of entertainment. Michael, we're going to take a quick break because we got to pay the bills. We'll be right back. For the folks that are joining again, we are joined by Michael Cavalieri, and we'll come right back. If you missed Italian Impact Weekly live on WKHB Radio, 620 AM, 102.1 FM, you can always listen to our archives by going to www.italianimpactweekly.com and hear such great guests as Mario Andretti, Vince Ferragamo, Chris Corciani, Vince Papali, and many local successful and not-so-local successful business people. On our other show, Talking Business and Life with Claudio Relsano and Steve Mancini, you can hear that show on www.crsmmedia.com. On this show, we will cover such great topics as different funnels of income, dealing with rejection, pivoting to a new career, and we've had great guests such as Jerry Cooney. We're going to have Donnie Lalonde, former light heavyweight champ of the world, Jim Rooker, former Pittsburgh Pirate World Series hero, and many, many others. Also, listen to my show, The Claudio Relsano Show. I've had such great guests as Ken Griffey Sr., Rocky Blyer, Dick Vermeil, Roman Gabriel, Pierre LaRouche, uh, Mario Andretti, Vince Ferragamo, and my book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Winning Culture on the Field and in the Office. You can get that at barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com. Barnes & Noble and Robinson, there's only one left i checked yesterday and you can get it at my website claudiorelsano.com and don't forget about empire media ventures if you're looking to start a podcast we can help you there that's steve and i so go again to crsmmedia.com we'd also like to thank chris gonzalez from the knights of columbus 
If you have any questions about joining the Knights of Columbus, reach out to Chris Gonzalez at 412-605-9074. Thanks to Greater Pittsburgh Travel. For any of your travel needs, let Tom and the team at Greater Pittsburgh Travel know and they'll take care of you. For more information, call 412-331-2244 or visit their website at www.greaterpittsburghtravel.com. For all of your plumbing needs, be sure to try Pellucci Plumbing. Nick and the team have decades of experience and will get you back up and running. For more information, call Pellucci Plumbing at 412-782-5050. And we want to thank the Calabria Club of Pittsburgh. If you're interested in learning more, you can find their contact information on Facebook at Calabria Club of Pittsburgh. Again, thanks Domenica and the team at the Calabria Club of Pittsburgh for your support. And we want to thank La Scuola d'Italia Galileo Galilei, the only nonprofit school in Pittsburgh endorsed by the Italian consulate. If you're interested in learning Italian or have your children being immersed in the Italian culture and language, be sure to give them a call at 412-404-7070. That's La Scuola d'Italia Galileo Galilei. All right, welcome back. Michael, again, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us. And for the folks who are just tuning in, we are joined by Michael Cavalieri. He is an award-winning writer, producer, director, and I want to talk about your documentaries now. So let's talk about yeah. Ritornato. That was your first one that you you kind of, you know, started off your little journey towards discovering your right. roots. Is that correct? Let's talk about it. Yes. Yeah, Ritornato was a journey of finding roots and... and uh, when I, when I went to that story and I, and I went to my grandfather's home and then I went to the cemetery and I found the, found the lineage of my family, I said, this is a movie. And I never wrote before. I was only an actor. And I, I came home and I wrote voraciously for about six months. And then I said to myself, how am I going to make this film? So I tried to send it to different places. Da, da, da. You know, you never go, oh, we'll call you. We'll get back to it. I said, you know, I'm going to do it myself. And I did it myself. I went to Sicily, shot it in four days with non-actors, people from the, the village of Lima, where I'm from. And uh, we went on to win a lot of awards, went to the Terramina Film Festival. So that started me on my journey. The, the, the latest film, La Porta del Inferno, is a documentary about the sulfur mines in central Sicily, about the Carusi slave boys in central Sicily. And I want to get back to the fact that you were talking about was the reason that I did this film was to teach these kids about their own history. I've been to 15 schools, over 3,000 kids have seen my film. I've been to the theater with them. I took them to the sulfur mines where these men worked. They got to meet some of these men that were still alive personally. That's the journey. That's the journey for me. That's what I'm trying to give back. I'm trying to give an education and understanding of who we are. And unless we do that, until we, 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 we rise to do things like this, we'll perpetuate stereotypes. So that's what I'm trying to do. La Puerta del Inferno has been to, I think, 17 different cities already, several universities. I'm going on TV in a few weeks in Buffalo, going to Canada and Toronto. It's been an amazing, amazing experience watching kids learn. And you don't have to be Sicilian or Italian-American to learn from this story. This is a socioeconomic story about social conditions and how people are not paid to work. And this is happening today. So I took this story and I said, well, it is not only Sicilian, but this is everybody. This can be anywhere in the world today, in India, wherever we're going. And many kids who are not of Italian descent or Sicilian descent watch the film and, and have unbelievable questions and learn. And I say, well, why don't you go back and ask about your family and your roots? And this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to open their mind, give them an education, get them to see a different perspective, get them to see the men that were so-called in my, what I call them was superheroes to me. But when they were working as slaves in, in the sulfur mines, their own people will call them peasants and slaves. 
When I came from an outside perspective, a Sicilian American came, I looked at them. I paid homage to them. And I think that's what we're forgetting to do, that the people that struggled and gave me a chance and gave us an opportunity to be here to talk today are the ones that we should lift up. We should lift them up and say, this is who we should be. Now, That's why I do the work. Michael, you said that you've uh, 3,000 students. How many of them have said to you, I didn't know that. My parents didn't teach me that. And how does yeah, that make 20, you feel when you hear that? Yeah. Oh, Claudia, it's, it's tremendous. About 2,500 kids yeah. said that to me. You know, and it's, you know I, I, I honestly, I tried. I have a clip from Rye News in, in Italy where the girl is talking about her grandfather, young girl, and she's crying because she's saying, he did this. I didn't know that this was, he was talking about this, but he worked, I know he worked in the mind, but I didn't know it was like this. They didn't know that, because a lot of the men don't talk about at all, don't talk about it, and if they do, they don't tell them what they go through there. So when they learn or learn this history, they're, 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 it's baffling, and it's so rewarding, and it's so beautiful. We came together like, and hugged as family. It was the most beautiful thing. Then I went, I took them to the sulfur mine on a bus. Together we went, and I met one of the guys that's still alive, and he walked with us to where he worked. That's the only way that we're going to teach people about who we are. The courage and the perseverance of the men that we are and the, and the people that came here to give us this, this life. This is what I'm saying. We're not doing this anymore. What inspired me to do this? So this is what I'm trying to do with my work. And, and that was what I was going to say. You know, I was brought up from day one to know the history of my family, to know the history of Italy, to know the history of everything Italian. And, and thankfully, I do, and I thank my parents for that. But were you disappointed that so many of them said, hey, I didn't know that. I didn't know this. I didn't know that. Because, again, that's a, that is directed towards the parents. Well, I think it's – I don't know if it's directed towards the parents. I think it's about – it's almost like – Well, somebody's going to teach I, I them. Think, yeah, no, I know what I'm saying is I think that you recognize when people came to this country, to America, they didn't talk about their humble beginnings. They didn't want to talk about it. You're going to be American. You're going to be, you know what I mean, in that sense. And I think because they were working in such a terrible place that they didn't want to share that with their kids is, is the way that I, I saw it. They never want to talk about it. But now when we talk, it's incredibly humbling to see that they never learned it, not even in the history books, by the way. We know World War II, but we never heard about this. Because this is something that they were trying to sweep under the rug. Because economically, it was something that was helping Italy and Sicily for years. They were exporting all this stuff to France and Germany. So basically, the blood of these young boys, the Carusi, was in the, the blood on the hands of, of, of the Florio family or the nobility of, of Italy. So that's what was going on. So that's where it's a little bit, uh, people don't want to tell their story, a bad story. You know what I mean? People don't want to talk about it. But the irony, though, Mike, I, but you know what? But real quick, because that's important, and I'll tell you why. Because it was out of that poverty that a lot of the crime came. So when people look at the mob and they want to glorify it, you know, I remember watching an interview. It was an FBI guy, and it, it, it was a documentary, and he talked about it. He said, a lot of people look at these guys, and they fantasize about them. But they don't mm -hmm. understand. These guys were psychopaths in a lot of cases. But a lot of them, especially in the early days, they came from poverty, Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the organized, you know, crime that came out of Sicily, there were other reasons for it. And, I, and, I, and there's a mm -hmm. historical reason for organized crime and why specifically out of Sicily. A lot of people don't know, and I'm not going to get into it. But, I mean, it's one of those mm -hmm. things that you could possibly talk about. But there's a reason mm -hmm. there was organized crime out of Sicily. And poverty fed mm -hmm. the, the ability to recruit. That's why when you get rid of poverty, Absolutely. you tend to get rid mm -hmm. of crime. 
because there's nobody to do the crime because I don't need to do the crime. But if I'm broke right. and the option is either go work in a salt mine or a sulfur mine or go work in the fields, or maybe I can make some money doing some, you know, quick, quick job over here, guess what I'm going to do? Mm. I'm going to make the mm-hmm. quick money. It doesn't make me a bad mm. person. It's not a stereotype. It's like i got to survive. Mm. And a lot of these guys, especially mm. in the early days, and I'm not talking about the mm-hmm. guys later on, you know, I'm talking about mm-hmm. the early days when it was it was it was a necessity. It was like you're either going to do this or you're not going to eat, mm-hmm. or there's a mine waiting. Exactly for you. right. Exactly right. That's what it was. These guys were working in 1940 at 12 years old. Okay, yeah. and I asked that question. It's amazing that you said that because what happens is they had the only option they had was to work in a sulfur mine. The other option was to be propagated by the mob or do something. They weren't going to do that, so they went to work as honest men. That's what they did because they wanted to take care of their family. This is who they are. But other people went and did what they had to do. What they do is they, they in, in the sulfur mines, in the early days of sulfur mines, they were basically controlling it. There was, there was private owners, too. There was outside private owners that were controlling the mines, working with the mafia, working with, uh, you know, whoever else they were working with. And even there was, when you see, if you ever see the film, there's, like, there was no unions, there was nothing. It was a private owner. Then they tried to bring in unions, and there was fights back and forth. Finally got unionized maybe in 1968. America came in and took over. So poverty, as you're saying, creates pockets of, 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 the, of the mob, as you know, and it takes over. They want, it, they want you to be poverty-stricken so they can rule you. That's what happens, basically, as you know. But yes, for sure. Michael, who inspired you growing up to do what you're doing today? Um, people like you, people like Steve, <laughs> like, like my grandfather, um, my father. And I'll tell you a story. My father was in the mob. My father was in the mafia. And part of the reason why I do what I do is because I saw the light. He went to prison for three years. I saw what I don't want to be and what people glorify. And I say to him all the time, you don't even know what it is. You're glorifying something that you think is great. You don't even know the first thing about it because it destroyed my life. What do you know? You see it on a TV screen. You're not seeing it in your life. So that's the inspiration. My father was a great man, by the way. But using that, that analogy that Steve said that, you know, there was no choice. He was broke yet. He had to do something, all he could do for his family. Was it the right choice? No. But father, as a, he was a great father to me, but I don't agree with what he did. I don't respect what he did. This is what happens. But people like that, my grandfather, who I look at, is, is, he's the ultimate hero for me because he came here, had nine kids, didn't speak the language, worked as a laborer, worked as a, as a farmer in Sicily, came here and worked as a laborer. And raised kids, raised a family, an honest man, a beautiful man. They gave up for his family. Those people, guys, that come and gave us this to pave the way for us. You know what I mean? Right. Now, now let me ask you this now. Because nowadays, before, you know, the, the, the original generation, pretty much it's gone. The, the, those early immigrants, they're all gone. Maybe you've got some immigrants that are alive that came in the 40s and the 50s. And, and when I say it like that, I mean the ones that remember what I'm going to call the old world. And they're rapidly going away, whoever's left. Let's be honest. People in the 30s are, are dying, you know, and in the, in the 40s, they're, they're next. It's just the, the natural cycle of life. Mm-hmm. What, mm-hmm. what can we do to capture this before it's gone? Because I, I have a feeling a lot of people came over here. They did not had to let go of their Italian roots to assimilate into the United States. So when you talk to people right. who, who were right. born in the 30s and the 40s, they're always going to tell you the same thing. My parents mm-hmm. didn't want me speaking Italian. They wanted me to be an American. Mm-hmm. What do we do to, to well, not think, lose that knowledge? I think, I think the first thing is you're doing what you're doing. Give people a forum to talk about what we need to do. So you're doing it. Claudio's doing it. 
I'm doing it with my films because that was the one thing that I wanted to because these men will not be alive. They're in their 90s. So I got the last five men that were alive. So I'm telling their story. I'm telling the story of my grandfather. I'm telling another story that I have another documentary that's coming. So we need to tell our stories. We need to bring our story. So when, when, when I'm on a show with you or you're on the next show, somebody's going to tell their story. And if we don't get the word out and we don't try to p- produce or do documentaries to give an education to kids, we're done. That's right. Done. So that's if we, right. we leave it up to filmmakers like this, that are doing the garbage films that they're doing, we're done. If we leave it up to a, a podcast who does stereotypical podcasts and people start to believe that that's what we are, we're done. So when guys like you and there's a few other people that do, uh, my friend Frank in Chicago, people Frankie doing D. great things. Yep. Yeah, Frank's a good guy. friend of mine. Fan- fantastic a great man. guy. Yeah, yeah. And, and a couple other people that I know that are really trying to do great things for our culture. Those are the people that we, Bob Sorrentino, people like that that are trying to tell our story. Tommy D'Amelia in, in Boston, people are telling our story. They're, you know what's funny? When I did the film, I started to find people like you and I around that we're still trying to do. There's pockets. There's pockets. And you know what? They're opening up. We're bringing it. We're not quitting. There's, there's, there's good people out there that are fighting for what we need. So we continue to fight. We continue to show films that, are, that show us in a different way. We continue to educate. That's why I go to schools. That's why I asked you, Steve, I want to get into the schools, the films. We talked about this at length. That's right. But the problem that we find is that they have an agenda. Schools have an agenda. They want to do what they want to do. They don't want to really teach the culture. They want to teach what they want to teach. And if you don't believe, and if, I, if somebody doesn't believe what you're saying, go look at the mess of our institutions on the TV, on the news. I mean. Exactly right. They're right. They're, they're, why, why are real stories ignored and, and everything else is told I, I, for the life of me? And again, if we want to talk about social injustice, to your point, we have not learned the lessons of the past. That's why those people say, why do I care about salt mines in Sicily from the 30s? Because to your point, we still do it. They still have that stuff in Africa all the time. Where do you think a lot of these minerals come from? Why do you think certain countries go to these third worlds and buy up this land and they have these kids out there banging away? It still happens because we haven't learned from history. And also the thing that I think is really unbelievable for me was that I really saw like what we, the men that we are, that, 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 that they were like for me, like I said, I could never, I could never be the half, half the man that these men are. You know, that's the thing that we're missing. The character, the character of the men, what they had to endure, but yet they did it, and they did it, and they did it for the family, they did it for the love of family. They didn't make a big thing about it, but they did it. And this is what we're losing in this culture, character. Character, right. respect, honor. You know. And I wanted to say one more thing. I, I was like, the, the podcast, you know, some of these crazy podcasts, you know, and, 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 you, and you try to, like the museums that you want to get your film to and show, it's something that should be in a museum, should be curated in a museum, these educational pieces. They don't want to do it either. I've written to so many people to show this film. Well, you know, we got a waiting list. Oh, well, you know, uh, we'll get back to you. It's like they're doing nothing. They're doing nothing to help the culture. This is what happens. This is what happens. So you find the avenues that work for you. You find the people that want to support you, and you go with them. You Hopefully that you gather more steam. I've been very, very fortunate for the last two years with this film that a lot of people wanted to see it. A lot of people in Italy want I've been to Poland. I'm going to Germany. It's, it's been incredible that I've been able to show our culture in different countries. It's incredible for me all over the U.S. So I'm going to continue on that path. That's my path, and I hope that with guys like you doing what you're doing, we can continue to spread the word. That's, that's all we can do. Are things better today than they were, say, 20 years ago? Absolutely not. 
Interesting. Well, that was a very direct yeah, answer. No, I appreciate yeah. that, Michael. No, all right, Michael, so let me ask you a question before we wrap up here. I want, first of all, I want to say this. What you're doing is extremely important. And, and by the way, um, I did watch the uh, preview. Uh, I'm assuming it's, it's out, the uh, La Porta del Inferno. Is that, is that out? It, uh, I have it on DVD. We're going to release it shortly, but they can write to me on Facebook or they can write to me on La Porta okay. del Inferno how, film on, on Instagram. Can, yep. Yeah. I was like, how can people get a hold of you? You tell them right now. Okay, you can get me on Facebook, Michael Cavalieri, Messenger me. You can get me on La Porta del Inferno film. You can write to me on Instagram there. And uh, I have the DVDs. We're going to release it probably in the next few months, but uh, write to me there in those places. And if you want, I can get a DVD or, or whatever I can to you. Perfect. And I tell you what, Michael, you're going to give me that stuff offline, and I'm going to put it out on our site, ItalianImpactWeekly.com. I'll throw it out on our social media. We want people to yeah. watch us. I want people to support you because I Thank believe you. that what's going to happen is, is if enough people go down a certain path, it's going to force all of the others to follow. I think that right yeah. now, the truth is, is to your point, a lot of people just, eh, they're not interested. But I tell you what, if enough people say, I'm interested, then they're going to be forced to be interested because that's what drives Hollywood, the bottom line. It's all about the Benjamins. And when they make Can money, get Dimi, Dimi, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I mean, no, 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 go ahead. I just, I, I just feel like, you know, we're, we're comfortable. We're immersed in society. Like, we think it's, we're great. You know, we have the nice cars. People have the nice cars. They live this really light. They, they forget who they are, basically, right. what's going on. That's right. And I never forgot that. I never forgot anything that my grandfather told me or tried to tell me or my parents. I never forgot all the stuff. And that's the problem. People don't look back. They don't reach They don't reach back and pull people forward. That's the problem. They don't understand reach, why yeah, either. Yeah. They don't understand why. Because yeah. if you don't know where you've come from, you don't know who you are. And if you don't know who you are, exactly. you don't know who you're meant to be. That's why one of the things that a lot of society tries to do is it tries to kind of erase and cut lineage to history because it wants to recreate you. And people don't yeah, see right. it. They don't see it. Mike, I, I got to tell you, though, uh, I'm part of the Italian Hall of Fame here in Pittsburgh. And, of course, as I said, I went to the one in Chicago. You would have been very excited and proud to hear the speeches in the Pittsburgh past couple of years, banquets, and That's the awesome. one in Chicago. It, it, it moved me. We're going to talk about it here in a little bit. I tell you what, the Chicago, pe- the Chicago people are incredible. I was there. I saw my film. They're, they're like you guys. They're the most unbelievable, special people, and they get it. They get it deeply. So, first of all, I want to say congratulations. You're awesome. And I think that they are a tremendous group of people in Chicago as well. Michael, actually, I'm looking forward to working with you in the we future. We, we are going to stay in touch. Um, I am going to put the information out there on our website and on our social media so folks can get a, get a copy of the DVD. I really want to promote this. I want to help you out because I believe in this. I believe in the history. And the other thing that I think uh, – History is not boring. In fact, I think yeah. history is far more interesting than the fake crap that they have to figure out what to put a movie on. You know, there is yeah. so much yeah. good, interesting stories that are real that I don't have to make up yeah. that, I, that yeah. Hollywood could have, a, you know, a limitless supply of plots. And, you know, they would be real. And they, for whatever yeah, exactly reason, right. they, just, they just gloss over it because it doesn't fit a narrative. And it's all about narratives. Well, you know what? We're going to change the narrative. We're going to get this community back alive and we're going to start changing the narrative and you know what these organizations that purport and and say they're for the italian community when really in a lot of cases it's about senior people saying this is my legacy to me you know they're going to have a choice to make because i tell you right now i'm not going to keep paying my dues to organizations that don't represent me if i can't go shake if i can't shake hands with these people or you're shaking hands with them doesn't help me then what am i giving you my money for 
You know, I want to say one more thing, guys, before please, I depart. That's amazing, please. Steve. Yeah, you know, so, you know, I always say put your money where your mouth That's is, right. right? I put up $100,000 to do my own film. I have a story to tell. And everybody comes to me, I want to do this movie, I want to do this movie, I want to do this movie. I say, well, how bad do you want to do it? Well, I say, you got this money, let's do it. You know how many people turn around and say, well, well, they make excuses. You know what? I want to do something bad enough, you do it, nothing stops you. I changed what perspective of how people thought about what I was doing. I did it. Nobody can ever, I don't care, any of these podcasts can talk to me, but put your money where your mouth is. Show me who you are. And if you really believe in something, you believe in your culture, believe in your history, believe in your family, believe in your roots, step up and help people. That's what I'm going to say. That's right. You're absolutely right, Michael. And I tell you what, like I said, you and I are going to be talking a lot in the near future because I'm on board with you. And uh, I do want to thank you again for taking time out of your schedule. I know you've got a lot going on. I know you're trying to screen this. I'm going to work with you. We're going to try and get this thing in the Pittsburgh area um, sooner rather than later. Let's talk again offline on that. And, uh, folks, we want to thank Michael Cavalieri for joining us. We'll have his information out there on the website here shortly. So you can get a hold of the DVD, get a hold of him, reach out. Very interesting stories, very worth your time. Michael, thank you again very much. Thank you, Michael. We appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Claudio, Claudio, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Take care, guys. Ciao, ciao. Bye-bye. All right, folks. I want to thank Michael Cavalieri for joining us. That was a very, very passionate interview. I mean, (laughs) From the heart up, not the neck up. No, that's right. From the heart up, from the neck up. Because you know what? My mom should have patented that. Oh, she would. tell you what, she would have loved it. I should do it. Well... (laughs) She would have loved that interview, I think, because sure. that's that is the point. I mean, if you're not passionate about who you are and your culture, you know, you just throw in a T-shirt on once a year, and, and you know, that's that doesn't it's help. Just pro, never anti anything. It's just pro. That's right. Just so that's exactly know. right. You're allowed to it's, be pro Italian. Yeah, nobody's against anybody. That's right. All right, but Claudia, you had a very uh, fun weekend. Let's talk about that. I did. It was fun, and I'll tell you something else. You know, you know what I thought about a lot whenever you said that whenever you were in Italy and that we had another guest forgive me who it was, but they said when they went to Italy, they felt home and they, they, they got a feel. Domenica. Domenica. From the Calabria yes. Club. Yep. And you know what? That's how I felt in Chicago. I did not expect that. Okay. When I heard the speeches of Tommy DeVito's father, when I heard, uh, he looks like a young man, he's 45, that's a young man, Sean Stellato, uh, talk about their heritage, how proud they are of their heritage and how they're, how they were raised and and the affection and the drive that they were taught and things like that. Um, and then there was some other uh, inductees, a hockey player, a former hockey player, Lou Nanny, Lou Nanny, who played for years and a very successful businessman. It just meant the world to me. I, I got emotional. I really did. And to have me there, you know, and there was a big statue of Rocky Marciano on a picture. And I was with Boo Mancini a ton the whole trip. We had a lot of fun. But, but, um, but let me say this. I met two people there. I, Priscilla Presley was there. She was receiving the Tommy Lasorda Award. She was very nice. Tommy Lasorda's daughter, Laura, extremely nice. I met Tony. Uh, we were at uh, the pre-dinner, or the pre-banquet at a dinner. And, uh, you know, small room. And the, uh, the president of the Italian Hall of Fame in Chicago, Ron Onesty, great guy, put a lot of work into this, as did Tony Ferraro here from Pittsburgh. They said, we'd like to welcome some of the dignitaries here, Tony Orlando. And I looked, and there he was, Tony Orlando from but Tony Orlando and Dawn. Yeah. Our yellow ribbon guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I got it. I'll show you a picture. I got to talk to him for about 10, 15 minutes. Unbelievably nice person. Just made me feel like, I've known him for a thousand years, and we were talking about my parents, as I always do, and just different things. 
crazy nice, right, with everybody. But with me, he, he was just unbelievably nice. Then, probably don't know, but uh, Michael did, Sean Stellato on Monday Night Football was on, I'll show you a picture, he was on the phone, and of course, uh, he's the agent of Tommy DeVito. Now, Sean has been an agent for, I think, 10 years, and just, you know, he had the fedora, the black uh, shirt, turtleneck, blah, blah, blah. And they started, and he was just a sensation. He's been on every single show that you could possibly imagine. Podcasts, radio, TV, all over the place. And very recognizable when I, I show you a picture. Terrific guy. And, and I wanted to meet him. I really did want to meet him because I appreciated um, how he talked about his uh, heritage and about his business and so on and so forth. I cannot tell you how nice he was. Unbelievably nice, you know, look you in the eye type guy. He said, Claudia, we're going to stay connected. Right then and there, he gave me his number. I gave him mine, and we just talked about different things. I was, you know, you meet a ton of people. And, you know, George Brett one time said when he met his wife, he had me at a hello, just like my wife did. You know what I mean? As soon as this guy started talking to him, I said, this guy is he's a good guy, extremely intelligent. And before we went to Chicago, Smoking Jim Frazier sent me, uh, he said, you know who this guy is? And I said, I don't. He said, man, he, he's a really good agent, tough negotiator, does a lot of great things for his players. I said, okay. I didn't know I was going to meet him. I didn't know he was being inducted. But anyway, unbelievable. Oh, so you didn't know him before? I didn't know him. Oh, you, oh, okay, got it. No, I didn't know, I didn't know him at all. I never heard of him, to be honest with you. And just unbelievable, unbelievably nice. Now, having said that, a lot of the speakers did not like all the memes, all the... The, the, the jabs and this and this this guy is taking it with a smile. It's, ah, now Mike Michael said, no, he may have asked for it. Well, he dresses nice, so he's not allowed to dress right, nice. Right. He wears a and fedora. That's that stereotype. He wears right. a fedora. You know why he wears a fedora? People think think it's to be. He honors Frank Sinatra, and all he said all the old time Italians who wore fedoras. Okay, he went to which his, was just a clothing style at the time. It's, it's not a, like it was some you know right. But, but I guess he's not allowed to dress fancy. But the thing that got me, he went to this. He's also an author. He's a motivational speaker. He owns uh, Stilato uh, Sports. Uh, Stilato, Enhan I should know it, Enhancement Sports, something like that. It's a very successful company. He represents NFL players. But I like when he said he went to the cemetery and talked to his grandmother. Hey, Grandma, I'm going to be inducted into the Italian Hall of Fame. Just, uh, again, I— This is what well, he said during his speech? Or just he told he, me. Oh, okay. oh, and I think he did say it. Uh, I don't know if he said it on a speech. He said it on a TV interview. But I cannot tell—and I'm hard to impress. I really am. I, maybe that's bad to say. Totally impressed with this guy. And, and I like him a ton. I really do. I just talked to him a couple of days ago after the banquet. And I'm sure I'd like to have him on the show. Would love it. And he will yeah. be on the show. I like it. That whole thing. And yeah, like Boom Boom's there. And Boom Boom, Rayman sees, we got to get him on the show. Unbelievably nice. We had a great time on the way back. He drove back with us. It's another story. But uh, we had a lot of fun. But all the people there that were being mentioned, the Marcianos, the Grazianos, Valvanos, um, Lombardi, and of course, Mancini, Pazienza, Malinaggi, Ferragamo, Andretti, they named the Lifetime Achievement Award after Mario Andretti. And he gave it, they gave it to Franco Harris's son, who's a very nice Nice young man. But just being there with all that success, but more importantly, the, the, the character, as Michael said, just unbelievable people. And I was just so, I tend to sit back sometimes, and a lot of times, and soak things in. And I just sat back and just soaked things in. And I met so many nice people. 
had, for whatever reason, said complimentary things about me, whatever. That's another story. But I was just so uh, so impressed. And, 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 it, and it was, what, what, what am I looking for? Uh, it, it was an impactful, it was an impactful uh, weekend for me. Well, the funny thing, you, you, you know, Michael said it, and you kind of just kind of alluded to it. A lot of these people, these are older generation. Again, people see the polished figure. They don't see the hard work that they went into that. They see the baby, not the labor pains. Right. That's yeah. exactly right. And so they, they, they don't see it. And so when you're, when you're looking at these, you say, oh, this guy's successful. It's like, but he wasn't, didn't come out of the womb like that. Yeah. They had to work for it. That was, that's where the character matters. That's the differentiator between being successful. And successful isn't necessarily about the money. It's about who you are. These people are strong, good people because they probably went through a lot of trials mm -hmm. in life. And, and how they dealt with those trials. They could have become bitter or they could have not become bitter. And obviously the fact that you're talking with, with people that have been around that are successful and they're not bitter tells me that say, hey, whenever something was coming in front of me, I just found a way to get around it, get over it, whatever, move on to the next hurdle in life. And now you look back and you've got a successful life who overcome a bunch of challenges. Now you're better for it. No doubt. And that's where character is made. It's not made by easy lives. You know, yeah. that's, and that's why today, that's the problem. We want to make everyone's life easy. I'm not saying we should intentionally make your life harder, but you cannot erase the risk that's going to happen, that something bad is going to happen. Now you have to be hard enough that when something bad happens, how do you deal with it? Well, the problem now is we don't deal with it. We want to cuddle. We want to, you know, we want to hug them and squeeze. And, oh, poor thing. And now they're weak. And they don't know, they don't appreciate, because they've never had to work for anything. Roberto Clemente, his last interview in Pittsburgh with Sam Nover, October of 72. The last question he was asked, Sam said, exactly, Roberto, really, what do you want for your kids? And I'll never forget this, because I have the tape. He said, I want my kids to suffer, because when you suffer, you live differently. And Roberto, you know, gave his, obviously gave his life, but he, you know, he suffered in his time. But when you do that, not that he didn't want them to suffer, right. suffer but, but you live, you do live right. differently. We talked about Corciani, who was a star in college. Then he had to go to the minor leagues in basketball, goes to the pros, get cut. Then he makes it. It's an up and down thing. Right. It's not, thing. but again, back to the uh, Hall of Fame, the stories that were there and, and that they didn't forget and how they used their worst enemy, as I always say, to be your best ally. Or they weren't buried, they were planted, and they just kept at it, kept at it, kept at it. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have Stellato on. And he is just unbelievably, I, I'm just so impressed with him. I, I really was, and uh, as I was Tony Orlando. But but I don't know if we'll get him on. I, I didn't, we didn't I exchange. I would be interested in that one. I would we, be we interested in that one. We, didn't, we might, but you never know with me. I get a hold of everybody. But, but Stellato is just unbelievable. And it was an unbelievable couple days for me. Really All nice. right, folks. Again, appreciate you taking your time out. And unfortunately, our time is up. So thank you again. If you want to learn more information about who we are, you want to go view past episodes, please go out to ItalianImpactWeekly.com. Claudio, as always, give you the last word. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We appreciate it. We appreciate you being fans of the show. And as always, thank you, Mom and Pop.